will proudly take a stand When liberty's in jeopardy I will always do what's right I'm out here on the front lines Sleep in peace tonight American soldier Time to have a conversation about the things that matter to you, including the direction of our country. This is Conversations with Rodney Ferguson, brought to you by Crushed Red on the Big 550 KTRS. Hi, this is Rod Ferguson, and this is Conversations with Rodney Ferguson. Uh, we take on different topics uh, of interest, and we try to analyze those and then bring in speakers from the local community that add to the community and have built the framework of what uh, we do here. So we wanted to spend some time and just analyze a couple uh, areas that uh, we might want to explore today. But before we do that, I'd like to just open our program with prayer. Dear God, thank you for allowing us to air uh, our thoughts that you've given to us and given us the choice to be able to take those thoughts and express them in a way that we feel. Um, thank you for all you do for us, and amen. All right, well, a couple weeks ago, I was channel surfing back and forth between the Country Music Awards, the CMAs, and the debates. And I found myself torn between them. First, I was waiting for a commercial, and then when I found the commercials were kind of running together, that wasn't working real well. So I'd watch one for a little while, and then I'd slip on over to the next one. And and I want to talk about the CMAs for a minute because this is something that I used to actually tape. And I don't tape anything, but I was looking to tape the CMAs, but I wasn't able to do that because I'm not close to my residence right now. I'm actually spending some time with my mom who's having some health issues currently. So um, the first person that came up to get an award was something they call a jelly roll. And I wasn't familiar with the jelly roll. Uh, jelly roll for me is coming out of Dunkin' Donuts. And, and I really wasn't familiar with this large man with tattoos all over his face. And he's jumping up and down in, in these tattered black clothes. And come to find out, he's going to be the uh, CMA award winner of the evening. And I really have to admit that I have never really heard his songs. He must be pretty good because everybody was jumping to their feet and clapping. But if you just saw the guy walking on the street, you'd probably want to buy him a meal. Uh, I really didn't understand what was going on there. So I switched over back over to the debates. And Nikki Haley was uh, speaking at the time, our former uh, uh, ambassador overseas. And uh, I will just say that uh, if Mr. Trump uh, has half a brain, uh, he would add Nikki Haley to that ticket. And if he added her to that ticket, I think that would be a substantial ticket and could be very competitive in the election that's coming up next year. Um, but those are just my personal thoughts. Um, I looked at the other people that were on the debate stage and they were trying to make a name for themselves and work their time in. But she she seems to have the experience. Um, she definitely has the persona. 
and she truly appears to truly believe uh, in people and taking care of people and the direction of our company, our country. So I, uh, that's why I kind of came down on that side. And then as soon as I listened to her speak and they switched over to Chris Christie, I'm out of there. I'm back over to the CMA Awards. And there we are with Alan Jackson, and Alan Jackson's getting it. And they, he put on his sunglasses for some reason right in the middle of his talk, and I didn't know why. And then they brought up all the background, and it was extremely bright. And they had all these unbelievable bright lights. And I go, ah, this guy's this is not his first rodeo. He's done this before. So he put those lights on, those glasses on to reflect those lights. And then he did that song with the newer um, uh, up-and-coming uh, artist, which I did not recognize. But I did know the guy was in shorts. Uh, and he was inked up and down, so I uh, it's just a different feel. And I'm looking over at my mom, <laughs> and my mom is is going, "Oh yeah, I'm a big Alan Jackson fan, but I'm not sure about that Jelly Roll." <laughs> I said, "I said, Mom, I got nothing to say there. I really not familiar with the man's music." And so they went to a commercial. So bang, we're back over at the debate side, and uh, Mr. Tim Scott is uh, up on the podium, and they're taking on some of the big topics of the day, abortion. They're talking about Second Amendment rights, and uh, they they really got into some heavy stuff. Then we're at the border. We're talking about the border, and all these are different segments in their own right, but it was neat to see that they were mixing it up a little bit. And the one thing I liked about this debate is that wasn't as much as the moderators, but they let the people speak. And nobody really interrupted them. They, they got to give their two or three minutes. They got to finish their thoughts. They didn't have to rush. They didn't have to worry about getting berated. You know, there were just a couple incidences where they threw a couple darts at each other. But other than that, it was pretty civil. I think the messages came across. And at the end of the day, quite frankly, I think what we're doing is picking our vice president. So, they did say, you know, Mr. Trump wasn't there. He was holding his own rally in Miami. He's doing his own thing like he always does. But I sure hope he takes the advice of some of his inner circle this time and puts, again, a quality candidate in that vice that vice president seat. Because I think any one of those men or women that were on that stage could have hold that role. I just, uh, quite frankly, hoping it's not Chris. So, but your thoughts, again, on the text line. If you'd like to send those in to us, uh, we'd be glad to read them and get your thoughts on how you thought the CMA CMAs went and how you thought the debate went. This is Conversations with Rodney Ferguson. Coming up next on the show, we're going to have George Votruba of Kitchen and Bath Design with us, and he's going to share with us a little some thoughts about how he got started, his company, and his legacy, and how that all came about. Uh, that'll be next on Conversations with Rodney Ferguson. I'm brought to you courtesy of red, white, and blue. Now, back to Conversations with Rodney Ferguson. Brought to you by Crushed Red on the Big 550 KTRS. Capacity uh, through our church. And at the time, I think we were trying to uh, reallocate a property that was in North Carolina in the mountains, if I remember. Is that right? Exactly, yes. So, uh... He's also uh, not here with his better half, uh, Jeanette, and Jeanette and I have a special uh, bond in that she is the salesperson of the couple, 
and uh, I kind of fall on that side, and George is more the um, brains and the thoughtful uh, person uh, behind the business. Thank so, you. So, <laughs> George, I appreciate you joining us today. Could you spend just a few minutes talking about how kitchen and bath design came to be? I most certainly will. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, it is uh, a company that was born through my dad back in 1969. Uh, I grew up with the business and started in with him in my early 20s. And uh, in 1998, I actually bought the business from him. And uh, it has been a, just a wonderful 54-year run. Um, and as I understand, you you own the building as well as the business? Yes, kind of on the south end of Kirkwood. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of position it because I ride Harleys, so it's right across the street from Doc's Harley-Davidson. Exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. And you have family members in the business. I think uh, this would be third generation, if it, I'm right. It is the third generation. I'm so proud. Uh, my son now has actually taken over with day-to-day operations, and my other son is is helping him with uh, financials and uh, helping run the back end of the business. And uh, I don't really have to come in anymore. I'm officially retired. But There you uh, go. So truly a family-owned business local here in St. Louis. And tell us a little bit about um, what you do at Kitchen and Bath Design. Well, primarily we act as suppliers for cabinetry, countertops, and fixtures, plumbing fixtures, and so forth. And we take on the design and the capacity of making sure that uh, all the design elements are are done well and proper. And the way that we make our money is simply by selling and providing the products to the job site. And then we do hook up our customers with really good installation people that just work outside of us. I got you. So I use George in my home in Wildwood. Uh, we were at the enclaves at the time, and we were turning a unfinished basement into a little uh, fun room, if you will. And I had a design in my head, which thank God we didn't use. Uh, <laughs> George was able to come in with his team, and for the theater part of the room, they did one set of cabinets in one color. In the fireplace area to the family room side of the basement, they did another type concept and put the fireplace in there, and the furniture matched all that. And then on the left side where we put the pool table and the bedrooms and the bathrooms, he did a completely different concept. So it was like walking into three different separate showrooms just walking into the basement. And uh, we've got a lot of accolades um, before we sold that, and I know it, it helped in the value of the resale of the property. Absolutely. What what a very fun project that was, and we appreciate it when uh, somebody comes to the table with the right kind of budget and uh, and gives us some create, creative uh, uh, leeway to be able to, you know, get the things done that we know will really please the project. So. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I know um, you mentioned you were retired, uh, went from your father to yourself. You worked it for years. Now it's turned over to your son. So my understanding is that you've headed south, uh, like I did, down to Florida way. And uh, tell me a little bit about 
your residence in Florida? Well, we're in the Panama City Beach area, not too far from the 30A area, which a lot of people in St. Louis are familiar with, uh, Seaside, Rosemary Beach. Uh, it is beautiful. We can enjoy it all through the winter. And uh, for my family, which is mostly situated here in St. Louis, it's very drivable. So uh, uh, my nine grandkids can get down there. And Nine uh, grandkids. <laughs> wow. I and, have three, uh, and I thought that was impressive. Well, it's uh, it's going to be hard to com- compete with me, Rod. So, but I uh, I'm just thrilled about uh, you know splitting my time down in Florida now, and uh, it's yeah. it's it's beautiful as as you know. Would would you be considered a, a snowbird if you if you would, or do you spend more time than three months down there? Oh, I'm going to say we on average we try to go at least once a month for a week or so okay. and uh and just enjoying a, a multitude of different things we enjoy the beach we enjoy bicycling and playing some golf and uh and now just like everybody else in St. Louis we're in the pickleball yeah yeah this pickleball seems to take over the world i am not a pickleball fan <laughs> i i will go on record by saying that i was on the Marine Corps tennis team, I I played tennis at Duke, and when the pickleball came out and the plastic ball and the little, th- I I just I just I I can't do it. Yeah. But I well, will I'm tell sorry, you, it's only a matter of time. Right? Yeah, I mean it's coming across the country, right? I mean it is. Well, pickleball, you, your your great grandfather can play with their grandson. I mean, you, you have an 85 year old can play pickleball with their four year old grandson. So it's it 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 is coming and. Uh, but I am not a fan, and I'll go on record by saying that. So but I'm glad you're enjoying it. And, uh, again, it's just Florida is a great place to kick it, especially in the winter, dead of winter, when, when you know, February is not a lot of fun here. Although I will say the last couple winters have been pretty pretty mild um, to the uh, dismay of some of my auto body clients, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you, you spend – time down there you 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 work you don't work you you handle your sons who are working up here uh, what else do you like to do when you're not doing either of those things well i am a big hiker okay. um, i had the opportunity to do a phenomenal hike uh have a supai indian reservation out in western grand canyon wow this year and i went with my two sons and two of my grandsons, which are nine and seven years old, and we backpacked and, wow. and brought all of our food and camping gear in, and it was—I I consider that to be really the highlight of my year because uh, wow, it was that's awesome. It was phenomenal. So I—I uh, I was an Eagle Scout. Uh, my not by choice. My dad made me finish in high school, where I was walking around in little green pants while everybody else was. <laughs> working, working for their homecoming dates. Um, but we got to go to Philmont uh, out in uh, Colorado. And we had to carry our food, had to carry our water on our backs, uh, along with all our gear. And we had to hump it every day. Mm-hmm. So I, I was in a sergeant in the Marine Corps, as you know, and, and we did a lot of humps in the Marines. I can imagine. nothing like what we had to do there. Um, we did uh, Camp Baldy, which is so high in elevation, you can't even start a fire. Mm. So uh, it was, and you have to gear up for those type of things. So what was your preparation going under your 
hike out there at the Grand Canyon. Did you prep for that like you do like marathons where you have little races before you go for the big one, or, or did you just go right into it? Well, it's <clears throat> it's mostly about researching what kind of gear you need to take, and there's plenty of information out there, but it's uh, – you don't want to you don't want to put a backpack on that's too heavy because you've got to carry it in about ten miles, wow. and it's it's rocky terrain. It's uh, it's it it can be strenuous. But uh, uh, this permit was a permit that had been canceled because of the pandemic, and then was reinstated about one month before we knew we could go, and we had no choice but to take their time frame. So yeah, uh, I got in on this uh, at the last minute and. Uh, I was just just really lucky that I was in good enough shape, to be honest with you, because okay. it was it was. A... Is this something where you take the kids out of school and they have to bring their homework with them and things like that, or or how did you handle the school end of the? Obviously, it's an education in itself, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But and and you know when I used to take my girls out of school to do things like that, you know I would have them you know keep a daily journal or something like that. What'd you do to keep the kids occupied other than just the hiking? Well, okay, so this is. This is really only four days that you're allowed on the reservation. Okay. So it was, it was a, a travel day, a, a hiking day in, and uh, and actually four nights of camping. So we weren't gone all that long, but man, a lifetime worth of experiences. Yep. Yep. I and and a lot of the things. I mean, I was I was actually fearful not not so much for myself, but for these these little boys. But yeah. but then we talked to some other. Other guys down there, and they said, "Well, these these kids climb trees. I mean, are they real active boys?" And we said, "Yeah." And then they said, "Oh, they'll be okay. It's only a two hundred foot cliff that you got to scale." <laughs> wow, I know there's some things out there that you really just don't think about when you're living in a brick or stone home or frame home. Um, but you're out there in the in the woods. Um, you know, we used to put our stuff in bear bags at night and hang them from trees. You know, there was no going to bed with food in the in the uh, tent because you know you could get bears into the campsite but the fauna the floral the the deer the just bear just everything out there like you said it's a once in a lifetime for for yourself i'm sure and for the kids very much very much so we haven't talked a lot about Jeanette, and i don't want to get in any trouble for not doing that so (laughs) let's spend a few minutes how did you meet Jeanette? well um it was when she was 20 years old i was 20 two and uh uh it happened to be right around her birthday and uh she kind of floored me when i first saw her so i pursued her and uh, she does that to a lot of people yes and uh and she uh for some strange reason really liked me too so uh i don't know that was uh that was in 1980 rod and uh the year i graduated Lindbergh high school isn't that crazy and uh (laughs) I, I I married her in in eighty two, so we have just celebrated our forty first wedding anniversary. Oh, and, well, congratulations! It's uh, awesome. And we did have we had three children of our own, and then my oldest son has four of my grandkids, and my my daughter who is thirty four, she has five of my grandchildren. Wow, so. that's awesome! She's been busy. Yeah. yeah. My daughters are 32 and 30, and my oldest, my 32, she had three grandsons, and they're all under the age of six, and they're not done. So Crazy. I don't know that I'll catch you, but uh, <laughs> it's sure a lot of fun trying with that. And uh, just my grandsons, I just came from them. They came up to visit me at work, 
And, I mean, they just – it doesn't matter what kind of day you're having. You look in the eyes of your grandsons or granddaughter, it's over. I mean, yeah. it's just – all that goes away. It gets all drained out, and your day is just perfect, you know, until the next reality hits you. So Yeah, and uh, I'm in charge of uh, – uh, attending all the sports, uh, I've got right now volleyball, indoor soccer, and basketball. Oh my! You and uh, and then you spread that out over a variety of different kids, and uh, I don't know where to be when. You know, it's just wow. crazy. Well, that's a busy place, <laughs> and you're a busy guy, even though you're say you're in retirement. Well, we're speaking with George Votruba at Kitchen and Bath Design, and uh, George, I want to thank you for coming in on short notice and talking with us and getting our listeners get a little insight into kitchen and bath design. Uh, this is Rod Ferguson with Conversations with Rodney Ferguson. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Now back to Conversations with Rodney Ferguson. Brought to you by Crushed Red on the Big 550 KTRS. All right, we're back with George Votruba from Kitchen and Bath Design here in St. Louis. That's Rod Ferguson on Conversations with Rodney Ferguson. And, George, I'd, I'd like to, since we met back in the day, we met at church. And uh, in the, just the whole area of church has kind of changed. I know, you know, we had a, a building campaign with that church that we were involved in. You know, we're, we're double tithing, trying to get the building up and everything. But the church kind of went non-denominational. Um, you know, I, I was born and raised Southern Baptist uh, because my father was Methodist and my mom was Moravian in the Carolinas. So they couldn't come together. So they decided they were going to be Southern Baptist. So when the three of us kids came along, that's how it happened. So tell me a little bit about your uh, trilogy of coming into that and, and how was that in your family growing up? Well, uh, interestingly, uh, I was kind of a drop-off kid when, you know, as a kid growing up, my, my parents didn't really go, but they wanted to see that we got some biblical training. So uh, it was it was a little bit strange. I, I, I mean, I honestly was probably uh, distant from God most of my adult life, and uh, I feel very, very blessed because uh, at the at the age of 45, I, I really became a believer and became a solid believer and have engaged uh, with uh, my faith, you know, ever since. Well, that's and, awesome. uh, I just, I just love it. I mean, I consider it to be uh, a huge part of who I am. And uh, I also uh, instilled that kind of uh, culture in, in, in the, kitchen and bath business. Uh, we believed in, uh, you know, really taking care of everybody and taking care of situations and not letting anything just fester. And, and, uh, and so consequently, uh, our business grew just because there were so many very, very happy people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, beyond that, uh, uh, I guess the way I, I actually really came to Christ was through my daughter. She, uh, uh, Tori was only 13 years old, and she went to a uh, a big event, a big uh, kind of a stadium event called Dare to Share. Mm. And uh, her mother and I noticed an incredible, you know, difference in in who she was when she came home. Wow. And she said, "Mom and Dad, I I have changed. I have I have uh, 
allowed Jesus to soften my my heart and uh, and and she wanted to begin to go to uh, that same church we were talking about at West County Community. She wanted to go there because that's where some of her friends went. Right. We uh, we decided that we would snoop in on her and find out, well, what's this all about now, you know? Right. And their youth department was called the Zoe, the Zoe House, and they were pulling from Marquette, and they were pulling from Eureka High, and they were pulling from the Rockwood, Rockwood in the high school. So Absolutely. is it still Zoe? Is I it? believe so, but okay. because we lived in Kirkwood, we didn't actually stay with uh, that church, which was way out, way out in Wildwood. Yeah. Uh, and I have had a great love I have a great love for youth ministry so uh there was actually a K-life house in uh Kirkwood that I started to minister with and uh it was affiliated with uh Camp Canacook which and, is And what's K-life? Do you I'm ignorant to the K-life. It's really stands for for kid life. Oh. It could also stand for Canacook life because a lot of it is modeled after the Canacook. It's it's older uh, volunteering from uh, kids that are more college age. I got it. And pouring into kids that are middle school and high school. Okay. Which is wonderful because they can hear it from their parents, but when they hear it from uh, peers that are just a little bit older and have recently walked through what they're going through, yeah. uh, it really it really has a different kind of impact than the parents can have. So yeah, and then and then they launched a school, right? They they launched a school there. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on the name of the school. Uh I think I was gone just as that was beginning. But, but it, uh, it's the, as far as affiliation and everything, the school has been. Yeah, doing phenomenal as far as I know. Uh, Albert Pujols, uh son got went there and got a lot of notoriety. Um, it was it was an incredible time to be there. Yeah. I, I think I was I was I commuted out to that church for about three years until yeah. '06. Well, I remember our men's Bible study had Albert Pujols in it. Wow, uh, it had the center <laughs> for the Rams. It had one of the Cardinal pitchers. I mean, we had like a who's who in our men's. Men's, men's time, so uh, um, man, lot, but I'm, I'm gonna a lot uh, of godly men. Yeah, I just need to men. have someone help me on the uh, the text line come up with the name for that school because it's just it's blanking mm-hmm. right now. So, but uh, yeah, they had launched and then they launched a youth program. They built the auditorium that we helped build that, um, and then uh, it, it changed hands. They kind of they kind of changed hands. I, I ended up moving to Florida and spending a lot of time down there. I know you. You then went to Florida. Yeah. So uh, it just seems that's the gravitation for the Midwest is, and the East Coast, for that matter, or the people we're meeting is we end up down in Florida at the really, really cold months. So. I, I would just tell you, Rod, that uh, uh, I'm, I'm affiliated with the Journey West County right now, and uh, it is so encouraging to see the young families that are involved. A lot of these kids did grow up with, uh, you know, a solid Christian background, and they— uh, are just raising their kids to be, you know, just godly, God-loving, God-fearing human beings. And uh, it's so encouraging for me to see that. Yeah, no, it's great. And it, with everything that's going on today and and uh, it seemed like the tail's trying to wag the dog all the time, it's, it's nice to see the Christian community step up sometimes. And I'd like to see more of that, quite frankly. And uh, I Absolutely. think we were raised to 
to step out and speak out about the topics that we believe in. And on conversations, we're going to, we're going to explore some of those and, and everybody's not going to agree with what we agree with. For sure. Um, and, uh, so last night, I don't know what you did last night. Did you, were you a CMA guy or uh country (laughs) kiss kicking at country music? Or were you on the debate uh, side and watching the debate last night or something else? You know what? You're not going to believe this, but we had a home health party, which is what my wife does. Okay. So I had 30 ladies in the house. Oh, that was sounds not... like more fun than I had. <laughs> I was not free to just watch TV. I was trying to uh, entertain and educate some of these gals. And uh, it's really a cool thing because not only is, you know, Christianity and, and getting that message out on on our uh definitely on our on our scope but we we love teaching about health and we love teaching about uh better better ways to get you know the right amount of nutrition and and all the other things we need to sustain health and uh, yeah. well I know Jeanette got me on juice plus at least I guess it's been <laughs> got to have been 10 years now and I've been on it since at the time it was a little pricey but I'm I'm into supplements because I don't eat the best. You know, I'm I'm gra- grab-and-go guy, depending on what my schedule is. But uh, I'd pop that Juice Plus, you know, and get the fruit and vegetables and everything in me. And uh, she had me on that straight and narrow for there for 10 years. So uh, I know that's where it started for her. But as I understand it, she's expanded it from there. Well, the the product line has expanded, and there's many, many really good things that you can get through uh, through her and, and the Juice Plus company. But um what's what's really happened is that uh, both my my daughter uh Tori who I I talked about with five kids I mean she has she has joined the company and so has my daughter-in-law oh, wow. and and she is out of a a medical background she graduated number 1 in her class St. Louis University nursing and uh uh so I mean uh it's just everybody in our family is waking up to the fact that uh you know, if if you get in a car accident or something, go to the hospital. But otherwise, try to avoid the hospital as best you can, right, and right, 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 and just take learn how to take care of yourself better. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And I know uh, Jeanette was able to put me on that when I when I run out. Here comes the emails, you know, to remind <laughs> me. She's politely nudging me to make sure I refill, you know. And and I know she started with just herself, and as I understand it. She has multiple ladies working for her around the country doing this, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say on her team is upwards of, you know, 1,500 uh, independent representatives. 1,500 of the women. Yeah. Wow. And so she's, I mean, she's uh, she's kind of a, kind of a, a, a big dog. I would say. <laughs> but I remember back in the day when we were just talking about it. And and she was just getting started. So I remember when she was a little puppy. Yeah. So so she may be the wow. big dog now, but I know she she's tenacious. She takes care of her people. She brings it with the Christian background. And Jeanette, I'm 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 plugging you here because I I appreciate everything you've ever done for me. So well, but, of course I, you know I take a lot of the credit, Rob, because uh, you know whenever we go to conferences and stuff, she brings me, and I consider myself to be. Or arm candy, which I can say that because we're on the radio. <laughs> the arm candy. I love that. Uh, I love it. I'm she's, not sure if this was television, if anybody think I was arm well, candy. She, she burns pretty bright, so it's, it's hard to upstage Jeanette. So, uh, yeah. 
Well, George, thanks for sharing that with us. This has been Conversations with Rodney Ferguson, and we've been talking with George Votruba at Kitchen and Bath Design. Uh, stop in at Kitchen and Bath Design and uh, give George a, a chance to share with him what his family can do for your next project. And with that, we'll go to commercial. I'm brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Now back to Conversations with Rodney Ferguson. Brought to you by Crushed Red on the Big 550 KTRS. Well, we're back, and this is Rodney Ferguson with Conversations with Rod Ferguson. So thanks, George Vertruba at Kitchen and Bath Design for spending some time with us today. And we're going to shift gears a little bit and go to sports. And again, when sports are talked about in St. Louis, I mean, it's it's blues hockey and it's St. Louis baseball Cardinals. and it's But for Rod Ferguson, it's rugby. Okay, it's not soccer. It's not uh, in my old subdivision. It was all about street hockey and 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 I don't know, I had field hockey and all this other stuff. But for me, it's rugby, and I, I don't know that rugby gets a f- fair shake in this town. Although there is a lot of rugby that happens down at Forest Park, so I was privileged to be a member of the St. Louis Ramblers rugby team. And this is going back a while, and uh, my captain. Mr. Mercer kind of showed me the ropes in rugby and, and, you know, we're falling out in the rain and we're falling out in the snow and we're in shorts and we're getting muddy and bloody and we're running in all kinds of weather trying to get conditioned. And I will tell you, while us rugby players aren't the most beautiful people in the world, uh, we've got stamina and we got stamina in all weather so I kind of, when I got out of the Marine Corps as a sergeant over running around in Okinawa and Korea and the Philippines and the jungles, you know, you get a affiliation with the outdoors. So I just had never done it in shorts before. So that was a little different. And even though my Scottish background, uh, we wore kilts, it's still, I don't wear one every day. So I'm usually not used to it, especially when we hit the fall and the uh, winter months that can be here in St. Louis. So down at Forest Park, rugby's played on Sunday. So depending on what, which one of the teams you're going up against, Sunday morn or, or, you know, whoever one of the rugby teams was that you're playing against, you know, there were no substitutions. And this wasn't like rugby in college. You know, rugby in college is called sevens. There's seven guys on a team, and they're running flat out, and they're all about 5'8", and they're all about 130 pounds with the beer in each pocket. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about rugby. I'm talking about the, the rodeo version of rugby with the scrums and the mud and the blood and the guts and all the fun. Uh, I was a fullback, so the only thing between them and a try was me, and they'd come running at you full speed. And the one thing about rugby, there's no substitutions. So if you get hurt, your guys are playing short, and that's a problem. So when somebody would get hurt, even though there was an ambulance at every game, they would not take just one person. You had to have two people to go into that bus in order for that ambulance to run. And I didn't get the memo on that when my knee got destroyed at a uh, tournament in the Quad Cities we were in the third match of a two-day tournament, 
and my uh, scrum got rucked over me. I went back into my fullback position, and a guy was coming at me, and I had these really big rubber spikes on. They dug in the mud, but my body kept going to the right, and it literally tore my uh, interior cruciate ligament in half, and my ankle was laying up next to my left ear. So Danny drug me off the field so I wouldn't get trampled when everybody came back by, and I sat there and blew bubbles in the mud until I waited for the next injury. Uh, You're not supposed to wait for an injury, and you're definitely not supposed to hope for an injury, but I was hoping somebody was going to get taken out so I could get to the hospital, preferably the other team. But that wasn't the case. Danny went over the top. Guy put his head in his chest, broke three of his ribs. Thank God we're off to the ambulance, in the ambulance, and we're off to the other side. But unfortunately, we weren't on our side. We went into the opposing hospital of the opposing team. And if you've ever done that in the rugby world, the only people going with you are the rugger huggers, which are the girls that follow the rugby team. That's all that's going in with you. There were no crutches. There were no there was nothing given to you after the fact. So we went in. The doctor looked at me as the blood was filling up my knee. And this was the day before April Fool's Day. So this was right at the end of March and when this happened. So I had borrowed a small van for all of us guys to be in, and we were made the trek on the two-day trek down for the Quad Cities tournament, which we did very well in, but I lost my knee and was permanently retired. But we had a great time, and the rugger huggers made sure we had a good time. So that was fun. So when I came out of the hospital, we all filed back into the um, the van, and instead of heading for the eight-hour trip home, obviously everybody's headed to the bar. And that's one thing about rugby. You can win, you can lose, you can tie, you can draw, but everybody is going to have a good time when it's all done. And everybody falls out at the bar, and there's no this team or that team or the Ramblers or the, Blue, or the uh, Black Jackets. Yellow Jackets, it's none of that. It's just everybody having a good time. The rugger huggers in there making sure everybody has a good time, and they party till 2 or 3 in the morning. And then everybody goes home. So I was the driver in the small van, and obviously I can't drive, so they put the back seat down and put me laying across ways because I had no way to walk, and the blood was still filling up in my knee. So my knee was big around as my waist, and we're heading through Illinois and heading back from Iowa Davenport and going back to St. Louis. So in the middle of that venture, everybody decided to pull over on the highway in Illinois and go to the bathroom at the same time. So everybody pulled over and it's three, four in the morning and you've got all the rugby guys on the side of the road. And here comes the Illinois State Highway Patrol. And he's by himself in his big squad car. And he's about 5'8", with the gun about 5'7". And he gets out, and he walks up to our captain, Mr. Mercer. And I won't give you the nickname of the gentleman that was next to Mr. Mercer, but he was our enforcer. And he was a uh, Scott, and he was about 6'8", red hair, two teeth, and could run all day and not get winded. And he's standing next to Mr. Mercer while the guy's trying to figure out who was driving the van. So he said, okay, I need to know who was driving the van so I know who to give the ticket to. And he said, that guy in the back seat, you got to get him out here because everybody's got to be out here. So Mercer got on his left side and our enforcer got on the right side. And he said, if I were you, I'd call for backup right now. And that was the end of that. 
So the guy gave us an open container ticket, everybody, because he couldn't figure out who was driving. And then they laid one on my chest. So I had passed out gracefully. And when I woke up, I had an open container ticket on my chest. And they took me to my house back in Baldwin at the time. They got me all the way back. And I called my nurse, who was my fiance at the time. And now it's April 1st. It's And when I called it in, one of the guys called her and said, we've poured your boyfriend on the couch. You might want to get home. He's hurt. Got to go. That was what the message was that she heard at work at Deaconess Hospital as a as a registered nurse. And she thought it was a prank. So she did not rush home. She figured, finished her shift. And by the time she got to me, we had to head out to the surgeon. But that was my brief rugby career of four years at the St. Louis Ramblers. But it's it stayed forever. I mean, I'm a big all-black fan of the all-black team that's out of New Zealand. And if you've seen that team, you've seen some of their antics that they do before and after the game. But I don't think we get a good enough shake for rugby here in town. I there's Everybody says, well, what kind of sports do you like? Are you follow the Blues or the Cardinals? I said, eh, I follow I follow the New Zealand All Blacks. And they go, well, of course you do. And they walk by me and talk about something else. So, but I will. I was a little depressed at the at the uh, last Cardinal game that I looked at, where I looked up in the stands and they were like a third of the way full. And then I found out what our record was for that year because I really don't follow the Cardinals as closely as I should as a native St. Louisan. But other than that, I was a little disappointed on what I saw. Hopefully, we'll get a better run at it next year. Well, this is Conversations with Rodney Ferguson, and thank you for listening. Um, Let's talk next week about what's coming up on our next show. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.